This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Bob Comsick. And good afternoon and welcome in for Libby today. So, what would you like to kick around? As we heard there during the tee-up to the show, plenty to discuss this week. And let's kick things off right away. And without further ado, Pat in Toronto, you want to talk about one of the things that uh, people have some concerns about, and that's the strong mayor powers. Go ahead. Go ahead, Pat. You did a great job last week. Uh, I've had personal experience in this sort of thing. I was a counselor up north for eight years. And we had a situation back in 2014 where our then mayor had met with a developer and had not told council for 13 months and then told council the week before the uh, the elections. And so it, this is exactly the reason you can't give mayor special powers. 98% of them will probably be fine, but there will be some that will be offside and misuse the powers. That's the reason we have, you know, majority rule in this country in our democracy. It's as simple as that. Okay. All right. Appreciate that. Thanks, as always, Pat. Have yourself a good afternoon and a nice weekend, okay? And as we also heard during the newscast, uh, this is uh, the day that Justin Trudeau took the stand at the Emergencies Act of Public Inquiry up in Ottawa. And the prime minister says that the governor general was getting bombarded, his word, with calls from protesters demanding that she fire him and install instead some type of committee with the protesters to lead the government. Well, what do you make of that? Sita in Mississauga, you want to talk about the inquiry. Welcome. Hi, Bob. How are you? Good. You? Good, thanks. So I I agree it was the right call for the Emergency Act. Borders were blocked, loss of trade. Our national capital was under seas for days. Businesses lost income. Citizens' life was disrupted by the noise. And the police could not get the the truckers to leave or protesters to leave. So the protesters, actually, they took up residency. The act, it did work. And do you feel then, based on the way you explained your uh, your thinking there, it sounds like you're saying, look at all that took place. It's not as if, I'm not putting words in your mouth now, now that now it's me talking. It's, <laughs> it's not as if, soon as they pulled up with their rigs, that the government moved in and said, okay, get out of here. So, uh, you know, it took place. Uh, we've heard throughout this inquiry and in, in the months leading up to it, how police were not prepared for it uh, as far as the intelligence. Depends who you talk to. Did they know enough? Did they not? Whatever. The thing is, it happened. It took place. And this was invoked uh, later on. It's not as if it was right out of the chute. So you think the fact that they waited, uh, do, you, do you feel that it was right to wait as long as they did? Or do you think it should have been invoked sooner, I guess, is the way I should put it to you? No, they waited long enough. They give them the chance to go and say, say what they have to say. But they didn't have to stay there. They didn't have to disrupt life. They didn't have to carry on the way they did. And they should have leave when police asked them to leave. So, they, uh, so the government government had no choice than to, to do something more seriously and get them out of there. Did they wait too long? No, I don't think so, because we had to give them a chance, right? Mm-hmm. The protester a chance to voice their opinion and say what they have to say, and it didn't work because it's the way they behaved. They should have. Why every other country, when people go to protest, you go to City Hall and you leave. You go come back next day and you leave. You go back and so forth. Mm-hmm. But that's not what happened in Quebec. They were taking over the city. They were doing more 
And it seems more like there are people coming from abroad and more than a Canadian way of acting out. Mm-hmm. And again, you said Quebec, you meant Ottawa, but yeah, Ottawa, sorry. yeah, you know, it's okay. We know what you meant. We know we all saw <laughs> where it was. So uh, anyway, thank you for that, Sita uh, and Mississauga. Appreciate it. Maybe you out there listening to the this part of the conversation, you might have been up in Ottawa. Maybe you'd care to weigh in 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. Dale and Mississauga, welcome. What's on your mind? Well, hey, how you doing? Um, okay, my my, I've got a pet peeve with the the noise problem that these cars uh, that are I don't know what what mufflers are hopped up or whatever it is. Now, I'm I'm not a prude. I I drive a Mercedes. I've had Audis. I have fast, you know, uh, efficient, high end cars, but they're quiet, right? When yeah. uh, when when you're sitting out trying to have a nice brunch out, and all of a sudden these cars go whipping by, or three o'clock in the morning. Uh, you, you get woken up by the. Sh- it's an invasion of our, our. I understand the freedom element, but when when the when it is invasive or or if it's uncomfortable for other people, I think that there should be some restrictions on these. Yeah, I think they they can be fine though, right? I mean, um, I can speak from personal uh, experience, knowing of of someone who. Uh, seem to get uh, tickets relatively regularly when uh, they had a, a loud muffler. And uh, it really depends. It's up to the discretion, I think, of obviously the, the police. And if they, let's say, get enough complaints in a certain area and it might be someone who lives in the area, uh, there there are ways uh, they can be nabbed and spoken to and or, or fined. But I understand what you're saying, and all I can say, um, uh, we might be of the of the same vintage, sh- uh, shall we say, or or pretty close to it. And I remember when I was younger, uh, I had different vehicles than I, I drive now. I did have one that would be considered and would have easily been transformed into something a lot noisier so that you could have told that I was coming five minutes before I arrived somewhere. But I didn't do that. I like you. I like the car. You know, if it I like the quiet myself, a nice ride, quiet. And it is what it is. I don't like toying around with it. But then, of course, you get others who disagree with with uh, you and me and uh, they like it. They want to sound like they're on the track, even though they're not on the track, but they, they just like that. Uh, they like that sound in the, and the rumble. And, oh, well, I think that unfortunately is, uh, is here to, to stay Dale. I don't know if, if you agree with that or not, because it's been around for as long as both of us can probably remember. I totally understand that. And, and, uh, and again, I understand, uh, you know, the youth and the element of, you know, I guess I don't know really what it what it does, what like what the thrill is in that, because I, I don't think it enhances the the performance of the vehicle. It's just like I say, just look at me type thing. Yeah, but I think I, that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other one that gets me, you might agree. And uh, maybe somebody when they when they hear this, it's along the same lines talking about the the noise and maybe somebody who has uh a young man who might live with them, and it might be somebody listening who has one of these bikes that uh, make a, a lot of noise and also sound like uh, they're coming at you at about 150 kilometers an hour. They're not, but uh, they're the ones that just sound like, to me, they sound like uh, hopped up uh, lawnmowers or bumblebees, and uh, they just come out of, uh, you know, out of nowhere at times and clearly speeding. And, well, they are an endanger to themselves. And if that's the chance you want to take with yourself, uh, that's fine. Uh, I've got nothing against that. It's just when you could potentially uh, hurt somebody innocently because you care to uh, think that that stretch of road you're on is your personal uh, track when it's not. So that's another one I've got. In addition to the the loud cars that you mentioned, same with mm-hmm. me. I don't know. I don't. I'd like to consider myself not a prude. But mm-hmm. it's that whole element of just your ears being uh, bombarded and you don't understand that aspect, meaning the noise to it. But I guess if we thought the way they do, then we would understand it. So I think you and me are going to always agree to disagree with those who have those types of 
four-wheeled, two-wheeled vehicles. And, uh, oh, well, we'll just have to, unfortunately, grin and bear it or just have earmuffs or, or plugs close by. But uh, unfortunately, aside from you and me and maybe somebody else out there shaking our heads, I don't know what, what more we can do with it. Well, anyway. I appreciate the time. It made, made me feel a little better just to get it off my chest, but I appreciate it. Well, it's free for all Friday. It's your soapbox. You were up on it. Now let's give somebody else a turn and uh, not a problem. Just uh, I, I, I'm going to remember this call the next time I hear it saying, yeah, Dale, uh, I, I hear you. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Anyway, appreciate it. Thank you. Bill in Toronto. Welcome to free for all Friday here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Bob Comstokin for Libby Snymer, who has a day off. Bill, your turn on the soapbox. Hey, Bob. It's the uh, convoy. I love it when you're on the show. You do a great job. Thank you. So... You know, I, I don't listen to the mainstream media on this. It, it, to me, it's basically disinformation. I've watched hours of the uh, the coverage. I've listened to the lawyers analyze it. I've watched tons of independent media analyze it. And uh, one of your earlier callers talked about the economic impact. Right. Well, the the only real economic impact that there could have been was at the Windsor Bridge. And Stats Canada, their actual numbers show Trade was up 16% during the month of February when that blockade took place. So Stats Canada has proven that there was no economic impact there. That was broken up, okay, by by Ford and um, without the Emergencies Act. And even Trudeau and the government admitted they told Trudeau that they weren't going to give him any help. They didn't need it. And two days into the, the thing, Lametti is calling for the EA to be invoked. Christopher Freeland said uh, they should get soldiers and dress them up as police. Mendocino was going back and forth to the PMO telling him, we have to create a narrative that these people are racist. And then he went and he took the narrative of the global news telling them they needed to investigate. You know, it, it, the one thing is, we've seen the character of this liberal government here. And I'm not going to take mainstream media's uh, uh, talk on it. I know if you if you studied this and you watched it and you consumed the information, you know what the liberal government are right now. What about then? You, you had Freeland, and I, I I sense I know what your response might be, and and you're fully in, entitled to it. I'm just throwing throwing it out uh, to have a conversation here, and that is what Freeland testified yesterday, saying in terms of she says from the White House. That, uh, you know, there was concern about what it meant for business between the countries and that basically, uh, you know, if something wasn't done, we, we were being looked upon as, a, as a joke for not being able to have our, our house in order. It, it could hurt, uh, uh, investment in Canada was what she was saying, right? Mm-hmm. Well, well, you know what? Shutting down the oil fields and stopping pipelines and stopping natural gas from being shipped out of Canada. What do you think that makes foreign investors think of Canada? Foreign investment in Canada has been down ever since this liberal government took uh, stepped in. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Bill. I appreciate it as always. Uh, when you call in, have yourself a, a nice afternoon and weekend, okay? We've got Barry in Dufferin County. And it looks like the EA has struck a nerve today with uh, with people. Go ahead, Barry. Hi, I'd just like to say I couldn't agree more with that gentleman. He has touched on all the points that I would have liked to have touched on. That's okay. And, you know, things are being revealed. I, I'm, I've been following this right from the beginning. Meaning the like inquiry. The very, well, members of the Liberal government were talking about bringing tanks into Ottawa to clear the streets. Like that's Tiananmen Square. Mm-hmm. Things have got right out of control in this country. Like we need an election immediately after this, and all the politicians involved, what they've done to the Canadian people through these COVID mandates. It there needs to be trials in the Supreme Court of Canada. Can like I- it is unbelievable what has gone here, and it's true. Mainstream media has blocked the truth in this and the truth is starting to surface can I, can and it I, needs to be revealed. 
Okay. To the people. Okay. Can I, Barry, ask you this then? And if Sita and Mississauga, who was one of the first callers on this, uh, pointed out, she didn't, uh, she feels, let me finish here. She feels that it was right that it was enacted. She doesn't feel it should have been done sooner. She doesn't feel it was too late. She made the point that uh, a lot of other protests happen where you know it's coming, people come. They state their piece, they repeat it, repeat it, et cetera, take their, take their placards, et cetera, and that, and go home. Why was there the need to stay that long? Can you tell me that? They stayed because the prime minister did not have the gumption to go out and talk to the people because he did not want to hear their concerns. I mean... The reason this whole thing happened is because he was pushing a mandate for unvaccinated people to be vaccinated or they lose their job. He relied on the truckers through the beginning of the pandemic to continue to deliver goods to Canadians. And near the very end of it, it was just one final push to say, you need to be vaccinated. And you know what? Everyone has the right over their body to what they will allow and what they won't allow. And, you know, the government is already set by by a reserve fund to pay people who have been damaged physically and mentally by being forced to have a vaccination or they lose their job and their quality of life is taken away from them. It was unbelievable what happened in this country during the pandemic. And if you look around the world, countries like Israel are starting to rethink their vaccination uh, policy. The United Kingdom is doing that. Sweden, Denmark, all you have to do is look anywhere else in the world and follow what is happening in other countries. And that's the reason why the protesters were adamant. And there was no sign of violence. There is question who was carrying the swastika, who was carrying the stars and bars, and they had nothing to do with the protesters. Yet the people that were there in Ottawa were condemned and looked upon as misogynists, racists, terrorists. It's terrible. What he said about those people, Justin Trudeau, we have been living with a government that is, he's a tyrant and a dictator. And that is why they did not want to leave instantly. I was going to go to that convoy. And unfortunately, I missed a ride with my friend and everyone I talked to that was there. There was no sign of any violence and disrespect for people. A little horn honking. Well, it is the seat of our federal democracy, and that is where people protest. And if you start to stop people from protesting, we've lost our democracy. Okay, Barry. And that's all I can say. Okay, very good. And uh, I was speaking earlier on another topic about uh, when Daryl in uh, Mississauga, I hope I remember the the name and and location correctly, was calling in talking about vehicles and all the noise. Some of these souped up vehicles now, the trucks aren't souped up. And you were saying a little bit of horn honking. I think if if we were one of the Ottawa residents, uh, we might call it a little bit more than just a little bit. It'd be uh, constant maybe in, in some areas. But I, you had your choice, uh, your chance rather. See where you're coming from. You're entitled to your opinion. And uh, you've been given that chance on the soapbox today and hope you will uh, call again. Barry in uh, Dufferin all County. Right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Very good. We've got, uh, let's see, we've got Kathy in Niagara Falls. We're going to ask you to hang tight just a little bit longer. Take a break here on Zuma Radio's Fight Back on AM 740, 96.7 FM in Toronto. Bob Comsican for Libby's Nimer. We'll talk after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zuma Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Sitting in for Libby Snymer... Here is Bob Comsick. And welcome back in for Libby's Nimer. Today, as promised, we've got Kathy from Niagara Falls wants to uh, take the Emergencies Act inquiry baton from uh, from our, our last uh, several listeners who called in. Susan in Toronto, hang tight. Paul in Woodstock, hang on. Jay in Kitchener, going to get to you as well. Just let's be patient. And uh, let's uh, begin uh, with Kathy in Niagara Falls and welcome. Thank you. Um, I just want to say I'm I'm so tired of this thing being so political. It's like if they if they, we didn't come up with a, a you know something to to kill the virus, they'd all be up in arms because they'd be wanting the needle, and because they came up with the needle, and then they turn that into something bad. It's like. You know, like, did they want everybody to get sick and die? Is that is that would have made everybody happy? And why do Canadians have to do everything the Americans do? Because the Americans stormed the 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 building and in, in uh, Washington, uh, do we all have to turn into idiots here too and and uh, make a bunch of uh, statements? I'm getting so that I hate to see the Canadian flag. I, I just like to shove it up somebody's. You know what? Whoops. Yeah, no, I, I I sense that uh, I sense that from you, and uh, interesting that you you point out the uh, the Capitol riot in the in the uh, U.S. There's some parallels there, definitely to be made, which uh, you which you've alluded to. So thank you again, appreciate okay. it. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. All right, Paul in Woodstock. We lost uh, somebody. Susan in Toronto, I guess, decided uh, she couldn't hang around. So let's go to Paul in Woodstock and welcome. Yes, Bob. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. I do agree with this lady that was just on. I do believe it's a calculated thing. Uh, fascism in North America is not dead, and all they want to do is create a whole bunch of problems. Uh, th- this also leads right into the uh, act that was brought in. It was undercover police officers in these um, blockades. And there were some awful, pretty awful reports coming out. We had the Ottawa police supplying the convoy with information. So we have radicals all over the place. Do I think they, they were out of place by bringing it in? Probably not. Do I think it could have been held, handled a lot different? Yes, there's already laws in place. You tell the guys with the truck, you can't park here. We're going to cite you. We're going to tow you. And if, the, if there's going to be a problem, Charge them under the Highway Traffic Act. It goes against your CBOR. Eventually, they won't be able to get a job. So, so that could have been handled a whole lot different. It didn't have to go on the way it did. Like I drive for a living. I've been driving tractor trailers for forty-five years, and I was embarrassed by these people. There, there's a lot of good people out there, but it just takes a handful of these radicals to do it. We we had people coming in from the U.S. They had no business up here doing what they did. You you find out you're an American, go home. And then, of course, yeah. it's look at the way tra- you say it could have been handled differently. Look in Toronto, uh, didn't stay anywhere as 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 long. Had their say, moved on. So it That's was right. it was handled differently. That's right. They said you're not going downtown. You're not doing this. But they allowed these people to park their trucks there. And there's already laws in place. You start you start finding them. You start towing them. If things get out of hand, you bring in the police. But yet, the police in Ottawa were informing the trucker convoy people what was going on. We yeah. got to find out who these people are, and they have to be fired because that is not right. They're there to do a job to serve and protect, not 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 to force their ideas on somebody else. Okay. Anything else? I, I see here that in our in our note from uh, Zeev Hattie. Our producer, uh, the strong mayor powers, you'd like to touch on that? Yes. Yes. John Tory seems to be a pretty good guy. But you know what? Who's coming in next? I I suspect that uh, Mr. Ford probably has an eye on that position once he gets out of um, 
provincial politics. We've already seen how he likes to handle unions, how he likes to do all kinds of cutbacks and do all kinds of things that really ain't right. I, I, I personally don't like the man, but I think these powers, there's safeguards put in place to prevent people from doing like what Donald Trump did. Now, this environmental thing, he's going to abolish all these, these uh, um, procedures and, and people are going to have to pay when they have concerns to be heard. This is wrong. What we're going to have is developers just rough riding over everything, doing whatever they want, getting away with whatever they want, and the public isn't going to have a recourse unless they want to spend all kinds of money. No, I, I, I disagree with that. Strong mayor powers, it sounds like a reasonable idea, but you know what? It, it takes a reasonable person, and power corrupts, and absolutely power corrupts absolutely. There, there's just no two ways about that. If you your most important politician that you can vote for is, is your municipal. They're the people who affect you the most. People in Ottawa, they don't give a crap. But but when you elect people and you're writing, people you know, people who have to answer to you, you have a say. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that people have to be concerned about only one-third. No. Come on, it's a democracy. We like to keep it that way. And this all leads down that path to fascism where where you got dictators. And like I've been reading up on some of this stuff, and it's happening right now. And people have to be concerned. We have to protect what we have and not let politicians deal them away for whatever reason they want. Okay. Paul and Woodstock, appreciate it. Thanks for your contribution here today on <laughs> Zoomer Radio's Fight Back Free for All Friday. Thank you. You have a nice day. Yep, you as well. And let's welcome Lily in Woodbridge. Hi, Lily. What do you want to talk about? Um, yeah, hi. I just want to uh, share my views on this um, uh, was it panel that they're talking about with uh, Prime Minister Trudeau. Oh, yeah, with um, the Freedom Convoy from yeah, last sorry. winter? Okay. You yeah, know, yeah. I agree with what he did. I think that was the only solution at the time, because they were disrupting lives of the poor people that live in Ottawa, uh, and the people that did go on this convoy. How, I just would like to say, how would they like it if somebody did that and come in your neighborhood and honk all day? That must have been really, really uh, bad for them. So what, what Trudeau did, I applaud him, and um, all hands on deck. I think he did a great job to handle the situation. You know, it was pretty, it was tough, but he had to do it. And that's it. Okay. That's all I have to say. That's, that's fine. Not a problem. Lily in Woodbridge, thanks for calling in. Have a nice afternoon and weekend. You too. You Thank too. you. I love- okay. Anyway, let's go to Jay in Kitchener. Hey, Jay. Uh, uh, Mr. Kopsik, I would like to just tell you what a privilege it is to listen to you on the radio. Oh, uh, I'm blind and in a manual wheelchair as a, va- as a result of a vaccination back in 1966. And I just want to let you know, because of my blindness, I have a whole new appreciation for the, like the people who can actually talk and listen to each other on radio lines instead of texting <laughs> and using computers. Because if, if you don't speak, you, you can't, like express your concerns and i am very just thankful that you are around to help us and and listening to you reminds me of mr vin scully because when you listen to mr scully he could paint a beautiful picture of a baseball game and you paint a beautiful picture of communication uh yeah you're leaving me speechless and anybody that knows me knows that's difficult to do uh, Vin Scully, that's, uh, I appreciate the comparison, but, um, I'm a baseball fan as well. And you're right about him. And as far as where I'm concerned, uh, that's, that's a different level, but I, I appreciate the, uh, uh, your comments and your thoughts. And Mr. So. Cole, Mr. Bob Cole oh. and Mr. Chris Cuthford are very comforting as well. Okay. Well, anyway, Jay and Kitchener, I appreciate it. Keep listening and, uh, and thank you and enjoy the afternoon and weekend. Thank you, sir. Okay. Cam in Scarborough, welcome. What would you like to talk about? Hi, Bob. Thank Hi you there. for taking my call. Not a problem. 
Um, I just like to, first of all, I got one beef, but I would like to compliment your show that you have on the radio on Sunday night. I have a hundred year old mother who sits by the radio patiently and just loves that big band sound she gets on Sunday night. Mm -hmm. So I would really like to compliment your radio station on doing that. Yeah. God bless her. Thank you for listening and her for listening. Go ahead. My beef is I'm very dissatisfied um, and a lot of dissatisfaction with these, unfortunately, stars that are now advertising online betting sites. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot believe these people, um, I don't know whether I can name them or not, but um, I'm sure people know who they are. They're the last people in the world who need money mm-hmm. to advertise betting and bring in these unfortunate people that probably gamble but also struggle to pay their bills. That's you know, all I have to say. I'll, yeah, in I'll the, hang in, up and listen. Oh, yeah. And uh, Cam and Scarborough, thanks for calling. And, and as you know, and as others know, you see the commercials with uh, the high-profile pro- individuals. And, of course, it's either mentioned or it's in the, the small print. There is a disclaimer, you know, to do so uh, responsibly. Just like when you have, uh, you know, the the alcohol ads, it's drink responsibly, etc. So it's that's a way to sort of, you know, yes, they're pushing it on the one hand, but on the on the second hand, they're saying, if you do it, try to do so responsibly. So it's a, a fine line uh, being walked there, but it is what it is out there. Let's go to uh, Robert in Toronto. Welcome, Robert. Thank you, um, Bob. It's great to speak with you. I've spoken with you in the past. Just to add to the gentleman who called from uh, Woodstock, my point on that is that uh, had the Prime Minister, the Deputy Prime Minister, or their uh, leading advisors met with the convoy organizers, there would not have been any need for a public inquiry, because that's all that they wanted. They wanted to meet with the top officials, and they were denied that. Second quick point, uh, Deputy Prime Prime Minister Freeland brought up the issue of the economy being affected for three days when the uh, blockades were in Windsor. Right. Apparently, the trucks were actually taking another route into this into Canada, and uh, think on the back end of how many small businesses were affected by the uh, mandates that were shut down, restaurants, retail stores, etc., because people uh, were not allowed to go out and shop only in the big box stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's that. Yeah, so much for taking my time. No problem, Robert in Toronto, and you're right. That aspect with the local businesses versus the big. Uh, box stores and what they were allowed to be able to still sell. And it was that call about having sections closed off, et cetera, and the the mess with that. But that was definitely one of the issues uh, back in the day, uh, even though it hasn't been all that long that we can say that. So there's been a lot of focus here today, obviously, if if you've been listening to the Emergencies uh, Act inquiry and... uh, Also, it was pointed out that uh, Toronto's newly elected city council with its first meeting this week with John Tory and his new strong mayoral powers. You might want to comment on that. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. And, you know, it's Black Friday. So just curious, have you been out bargain hunting? Do you even bother anymore, or do you do all of your bargain hunting online? And something else, this is also not just Black Friday, it's another day. Yeah, it's Buy Nothing Day. Glad you asked. It's an international day of protest against consumerism, held the day after the U.S. Thanksgiving in North America, the U.K., Finland, Sweden. Buy Nothing Day has Canadian roots, though. Founded by someone out in Vancouver, and the first BND was in September of '92 as a day of society for society rather to examine the issue of overconsumption. Then it moved to where it is now, Black Friday in 1997. So maybe you care to comment about that? Maybe even the World Cup. And seeing as we're talking about sport there a little bit with the World Cup, how about the uh, passing of Maple Leaf great Hall of Famer? Boreas Alming to ALS. Whatever you want to talk about, it's free for all Friday here on Zuma Radio's Fight Back. Bob Comps, for Libby's Nimer. Let's talk after this. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer. A free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Bob Comsick. Welcome back. Uh, another item here I thought I'd pass along. You might have heard it on Zoomer Radio News late yesterday, and at some point today, maybe even come across it by going online. Health Canada reviewing a potential vaccine to protect seniors against the respiratory virus, simply known as RSV. Doctors worrying that seniors will be the next wave of patients hospitalized with it. And if they come up with it, would you take it? Would you roll up your sleeve? Let's go to Emmanuel in Brampton. Welcome. Hello, sir. Uh, I'm, I'm a senior, and uh, what, what they're going to do about the seniors, uh, he didn't do nothing, uh, the government now, you know, like the cost of living and the gas and everything expensive. And uh, I have to buy my own pills because I'm not covered. Mm-hmm. Can they do something about it, these uh, seniors? Well, you've got the various levels of government. You've got money to everybody for the Okay, man. Well, thank you. We get the uh, the gist of uh, of your argument there, and and basically you've got the uh, the senior levels of government, meaning federal and provincial, doing various things you may or may not agree with, but uh, there's a uh, various relief that uh, is out there, either is out there or it's being talked about. So maybe you can have a family member help you with that and see if there's something that you might be eligible for that might be able to provide you with some relief. Peter in Toronto, welcome. Yeah. Go ahead. You're on the air. Well, it's uh, Peter. Okay. Um, uh, Doug Ford's government, right? The NDP minister asked the health minister about the child who was in the uh, hospital for 40 hours right and uh he blamed it their health minister blamed it on the previous government Mm -hmm. but i'd like everybody to know they are the previous government Mm -hmm. that's it yeah well i i yeah i mean and they can kick the can back down the road and say it was the one before that meaning the liberals it was them (laughs) you're talking were the one before you're right because they were reelected, so that way, yes, you're right. But uh, so I if think they want to blame anybody; they can blame themselves. Yeah. Bye. Okay. Very good. That's Peter in Toronto and Joan in Burlington. Welcome. Thank you very much for taking my call. You're welcome. <clears throat> I just wanted to say we seem to have an awful bunch of disgruntled people. I think just for once, it would be nice to say thank you for what we have. Be thankful that we live in this country. We don't live in a war-torn country where we're being bombarded with bombs and missiles and, and God only knows what. Mm-hmm. I'm an immigrant. I came to this country in 1957 with four children. We have expanded that. And I know for certain I would, my husband, my late husband and I would never have been able to accomplish what we have accomplished here in Canada. But I'm just so very grateful. We all have problems. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. We all have problems, big or small. But just be thankful that we do live where we live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Sometimes we we don't take that moment to uh, for reflection that way because our lives are just so busy these days, especially being bombarded with information and whatnot from every direction by. Uh, traditional media, social media, I'm not trying to sound like a prude, but it's uh, different from years gone by mm-hmm. when uh, it, it's you, you just you just can't seem to take a break from uh, information coming from uh, every direction at you. And those were simpler times. I know it, it, this might get some no, people no, rolling their problems when we first came here. No, no, I'm not saying you, you know, didn't. But we, we got over it. We persevered. Mm-hmm. And. We have been very thankful. I have a good family. We've expanded from four children, and there's, at the moment, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. We're 60 of us. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
We are 60 of us. My husband passed away a while ago, but I'm on my own. I live. I'm thankful that I live here. I honestly, gosh, am very thankful I live in Canada. And uh, Joan in Burlington, thankful that you called us up here today on uh, Zoomer Radio on Free <laughs> For All Friday on Fight Back. Thank you so much. Appreciate Bye. that. Okay, that was Joan. Maybe you'd care to uh, touch on some of the things we've been talking about. It's been primarily the emergencies inquiry dealing with uh, last winter's protests and how people feel that was handled by the Trudeau government or or mishandled. You've got the the new mayor powers uh, in Toronto and Ottawa, and it looks like that's going to be uh, possibly and likely expanded to uh, to other areas as well. So maybe if you're in Toronto or maybe you're a resident of uh, of Ottawa and you're listening to us online or however it might be, maybe you'd care to uh, weigh in. Maybe you're elsewhere in the GTA where this could very well apply someday soon. Maybe you'd like to talk about that. Uh, we've got the World Cup, of course, which which got underway last weekend. Canada having its its first game on Wednesday, a tough loss there to uh, to Belgium, one nil. Maybe uh, you're going to be watching the game on on Sunday when they play another uh, country in their group, Croatia. And I just came across something where I think it's. Uh, uh, one of the popular spots in Little Italy, and they've already come out and said that they're already booked up for Sunday morning's match. That's getting under underway at 11, and then previous to that, the game, first game, is going to be Morocco and Belgium. So all that kind of interesting. Uh, are you following it? Are you a casual observer of soccer? Only take interest uh, every so often when we've got the World Cup, are you following Canada? Maybe you're following uh, another country. You might want to touch on that. Uh, there's also a new survey out here to get maybe your your take on it. And it has found that half of Canadians are losing sleep over financial concerns, with a third saying they worry about relationships and their health made it harder for them to fall asleep in the past month. Are you one of those who uh, have trouble getting to to sleep over uh, financial things? Jerry in Scarborough, we got uh, Jerry Zeve. And Dan, is uh, Jerry able to join us? Yes. Uh, Jerry, you'd like to to join in. You want to talk about maybe that uh, the new law pertaining to uh, uh the Ford government's plan for building homes faster and what it may or may not mean for Greenbelt lands. Is that right? Yes, I would. Um, first of all, I just want to make sure that people of Ontario understand that only 50% of you who voted, I mean, uh, of the voters voted for the last vote. And of that, uh, of that 50%, 41% or about 20% of total voters voting um, voted for conservatives, but because we have first passed the post, they got 67% of the seats. So basically there is a majority with the conservatives or any government that has a majority, they can do as they please. Now let's go back to what Mr. Ford said several years back. Hear me. I understand the people. Um, we will not uh, take any of the green belt away. And now he changes his tune because he really does have a big majority and he's catering to the, the rich people who, you know, pay his, uh, his coffers, I believe, to, to lobby for his, his vote. So, you know, there's a couple of things wrong here. First of all, if we don't have a proportional representation, then all these People who, who can say things about, you know, the problems of our, of our situations, of our, of our government, i.e. the Green Belt, they're not there to speak to it any longer, to, to hold them accountable. And that is the problem of first past the post. And um, a very few uh, people are actually calling the shots for all of Ontario. So I would like to see proportional representation. Um, You're not alone. There are quite a few that would feel the same way, but as you know, it's not the case. Do, doesn't... No, we, 
we have to find leaders that are willing to do this. See, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm a missed at, at Mr. Trudeau because that was one of his um, pleadings that he would take in uh, proportional representation in one of the elections, and then he came back and said, "Oh no, no, it's not feasible." And I point to a lot of the world. Um, who have proportional representation. They listen to a lot of the people, and they seem to make things work. I give you a really big example of that is Germany. So uh, we, we voters are not really using our democratic freedoms as we should. And, and Jerry, in Scarborough, when you look at it, just how few people vote, be it uh, municipal, uh, provincial, federal, uh, with all due respect, when you break down the demographics, it is a lot of the younger voters, for a variety of reasons, who don't. And it's up to them to start stepping up and, uh, uh, I'm not saying take over for, for older uh, Canadian voters, but they should be part of the process. You know, it's their country. And, soon and, it's going to be, they're going to be, soon they will be in my position and in others' positions who are sort of in the older demographic. And it's time they start looking after uh, the house. It's their house. You know, and, we're just and, passing it along. We're just living here for a while and then it's their place. So, uh, you know, we expect them to keep it up just like, uh, our, our parents and our grandparents did for all the hard work they put into giving us what we're fortunate to have. And I'm sure Joan in Burlington has probably given me a high five right about now. Yeah, the problem with that is I believe we've disenfranchised our youth. They believe their vote has no bearing. But if we ended up having a proportional representation, then their vote would have a bearing because then it would allow for others to be able to take the pulpit and be able to hold the, the current government um, in check. Uh, I believe, I mean, Germany has done so well mostly because it's had minority government, I believe, thus making sure that the line is not too much of a, um, a Ferris wheel, not wrong one, a roller coaster. It's more a level line as opposed to a sine or cosine kind of wavelength. You have, Anyways, checks, you have checks and balances is what you're saying, right? That is, that is correct. Whereas when you have uh, <laughs> a premier who basically is the dictator because for however long his mandate is, whatever he says goes. And that's why we're going to lose the green belt. That's why they're trying to force the... the uh, uh, force government workers not to be able to have their say in, 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 in their talks because they just want to have it their way and they're going to rubber stamp it and put in a law in place and saying that they are illegal. And that is contra-democratic. And Jerry, maybe if more people, you're talking about proportional representation, if there was enough of a movement, I'm not saying along the lines of a freedom convoy, but if there is a, a movement, then maybe the prime minister would have no choice but to examine it and others in, in power rather than just, uh, you know, it's not on our out of sight, out of mind, I guess is uh, the simplest way I can put it, that if it's not on anyone's radar, there's nothing to talk about. So maybe and, it's time enough people, if enough people would do that, maybe it would be a subject for another show for many a show, actually. For many a show, you're correct. Yeah. Um, I, I look at, you know, I look at France. I mean, France, what they do is they put on their general strikes. They make sure that the government hears them. And, and, and for, for many ways, we Canadians seem to be apathetic. I, I remember being in some of the strikes in France. I'm not French, but I was in a military base, Canadian Forces military base at that time. So I was able to see how different peoples evolved and how different peoples um, obtained, you know, their rights in the government. And uh, I just believe we've just been too far away from a lot of the problems of the world that, you know, that's why it's okay for, you know, only, uh, what, uh, 50% of, 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 
of the voting populace to, uh, to, to cast their ballots. Okay, very good. Jerry and Scarborough, thank you for taking the time and being part of the conversation. Thank you. Okay. Brian and Mimico, you might be our last one. we got a couple of minutes here before we have the news. Go ahead. Hi. Uh, you know, I've been watching this uh, hearing going up in Ottawa about right. the, uh, what happened last year and bringing in the, the Emergency Act. I may be wrong, but has anybody asked him or the government why they felt the need to set the precedent of freezing people's bank accounts? I don't recall that being asked, but I might have missed, uh, you know, a question here and there, but I don't recall that coming coming up for... Uh... Well, to me, that's one of the most important questions. If that's not asked, then this is just a farce and a waste of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that was never done in Canadian history, but no, this prime minister wanted to do it to more or less say, you screw with me, I'm going to freeze your bank account, and you won't be able to pay your bills or your mortgage. And that was totally untenable. And I think, and uh, before we let you go here, Brian, and that is, I believe, what the reason for that was the fact there were some, uh, you know, the where the money was coming from for some of these protesters and the various movements and the GoFundMe and everything, the, the thinking was, the money was coming from outside the country, so we've got to kind of nip it in the bud, and uh, this is what we're going to do. And I believe that's why that was uh, done. Uh, I'm sure somebody could correct me if I'm wrong. Well, what's outside the country got to do with people's bank accounts in Canada? Well, I guess it's where that money's coming from. But we don't have time for a public inquiry here now. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Thanks, uh, Brian. Maybe next time when you call, it'll be a little bit sooner. And I'm sure once the final report comes out uh, from the commission inquirer, uh, from the independent in- commissioner here on the public inquiry, there'll be more time for debate on this. Bob Comsick for Libby's Nimer. Zoomer Radio's Free For All Friday. We've got the news coming up, and I'll be back with the news as well later on this afternoon here on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.